Chapter 2. Bioeconomics by Mauro Bonaiuti, Department of Economics, University of Turin. Bioeconomics is a field of study mainly connected to the figure of Nicholas Georgescu Rogan, hereafter referred to as GR, who first and most radically inquired into the consequences of an integration of the physical and biological sciences into economics. As far as its field of studies is concerned, bioeconomics is no different from ecological economics. Although some of the pre-analytic premises that characterize GR's bioeconomics are significantly different from those that prompted the founders of ecological economics, Daly, Costanza, etc. These premises explain considerable differences between GR's standpoint and that of most ecological economists, particularly as far as the paradigm of sustainable development is concerned. His statements against this new formula are so forceful that there can be no doubt about what he thought. Quote, sustainable development is one of the most toxic recipes. His sharp criticism of sustainable development explains also why GR's bioeconomics was taken from the very outset as a pillar of the basis of degrowth. Opposing this neoclassical reductionist approach in the second half of the 1960s, GR opened up economics to 20th century developments in physics and natural sciences, starting with the thermodynamic revolution. The term bioeconomics was used for the first time at the end of the 1960s by Giri Zaman of the Czechoslovakian Academy, who adopted this expression in a letter to mean a new economics in which precisely the biological substance of the economic process in almost every respect should be adequately acknowledged. Georgescu liked the term and from the early 1970s made it the banner summing up the most important conclusions he had come to in a lifetime of research. The first insight is that the economic process, having physical and biological roots, cannot ignore the limitations imposed by the laws of physics, in particular, the law of entropy. This leads to the consideration that the fundamental aim of economic activity, unlimited growth of production and consumption, being based on finite sources of matter and energy, is not compatible with the fundamental laws of nature. The community of ecological economists today accepts this conclusion however shocking it may have been at the time when it was first announced. The second insight concerns methodology. The circular, reversible representation of the economic process presented at the beginning of any textbook on economics, showing how demand stimulates production, which in its turn provides the income necessary to feed new demand in a reversible process, apparently capable of reproducing itself indefinitely. This must be replaced by an evolutionary representation in which the economic process interacts with its biophysical roots, on the one hand, and with values and institutional frames on the other. The latter aspect must be stressed. The reciprocal interactions that the economic process sets up with, quote, sociocultural organizations, and the qualitative transformations, emergence, connected to leaps in scale in the process of growth, explain some of the fundamental differences that characterize GR's standpoint compared to that of the founders of steady-state economics. For GR, development is not, as it is for Daly, an abstract process that merely implies, quote, more utility, but a concrete historical process that cannot be separated from economic growth. The inevitable reduction in matter and energy consumption, oil, etc., the related urgency to move towards renouncing all luxury goods, the decrease in population and the social control over technological innovations that constitute the core of the, quote, minimal bioeconomic program, indeed cannot be attained simply through policies of governance, as most ecological economists suggest. The entire institutional framework of today's economies must be questioned. Although Georgescu did not use the term degrowth in his works, 
he authorized the use of this expression in the French translation of his works on bioeconomics, edited by Jacques Grineval in 1979 and entitled Demain la décroissance. The slogan degrowth was revived in 2002 in the monograph, is monograph issue of the review Silence and in the international conference Défaire le développement, refaire le monde, held in Paris in the same year. It immediately became evident that two lines of thought were unified under the new slogan, that of the cultural-slash-institutional criticism of the Society of Growth, supported throughout the years in particular by Ivan Illich, Cornelius Castoriadis, and Serge Latouche, and that of the bioeconomic criticism. The former, taking the failure of development policies in the Southern Hemisphere, in particularly Africa, as a starting point, came to radically criticize the very concept of development, both in its imaginary presuppositions, anti-utilitarianism, etc., and in its historical and social manifestations. The two lines of thought met, and to a certain extent felt as if they already knew each other in their criticism of sustainable development. Ten years later, it might be interesting to ask what the reasons for the success of this union may have been. The fundamental reason for this may be the fact that bioeconomics and cultural criticisms of development share similar pre-analytical premises. In particular, even before he developed his bioeconomic theory, Georgesco became convinced that economic laws, far from having a natural and universal foundation, take shape within specific cultural premises and institutional frameworks. In his works of 1960 to 1966 on overpopulated peasant economies, undoubtedly inspired by his memories of Romania and then corroborated by his stays in India in 1963, Brazil in 64, 66 and 71, and Ghana in 1972, Georgescu had already become lucidly aware that prescriptions valid for capitalist economies can be devastating when applied, for example, to peasant economies. In other words, Georgescu's bioeconomics was open to the idea, developed more rigorously by critics of development, that the fundamental reasons for the social and ecological unsustainability of the Western model must, in the final analysis, be attributed to cultural premises and their corresponding institutional mantle. For this reason, Georgescu was vehemently opposed to the paradigm of sustainable development, which, like that of the steady state, does not radically question the anthropological and institutional foundations of the market economy. After attempting a criticism of the dominant model on a purely physical and rational basis, the fourth law of thermodynamics, in the last years of his life, G.R. intuited that ecological unsustainability was only the final consequence of the cultural and institutional premises that characterize growth economies. It's not hard to imagine that if Georgescu had read the works of Marcel Mauss and Karo Poliani, or perhaps met Ivan Illich in Mexico in the 1970s, the main outline of a degrowth society might have been formulated 30 years earlier. However, the silence that in the final 25 years of the last century surrounded Georgescu's minimal bioeconomic program, like the proposals of André Gors, who actually did meet Illich in Cuernavaca, revealed that the time was not yet ripe. What has changed? From the 1970s onwards, with the oil crisis and the transition from the Keynesian Fordist system of accumulation to that of flexible accumulation founded on the tertiary sector, the rates of growth and productivity in advanced capitalist societies have gradually decreased. In contrast, social and ecological costs connected to the hyper-complexification of the bureaucratic and economic financial mega-machine have increased. The crisis of the 1970s marked the passage to a second phase of an S-shaped cycle of accumulation, the phase of declining marginal returns. This phase is accompanied by a reduction in social well-being, which has become even more acute with the 2007 financial crisis.